0: And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.
0: And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Do you ever feel like you have a story that you want to tell and somehow, even though you feel called to do it, you just can't seem to go through with it? that was where i was for a very long time especially at the beginning of think unbroken i was so terrified of sharing my stories and my truth and today i'm going to have a conversation with my friend blair bryant nichols as we dive into the power of telling and sharing your story this is a podcast episode that I particularly love because one, Blair has been an amazing friend to me, but two, I look at the truth behind his message and his mission about wanting to have conversations and give people the power and the ability to share their stories. I, I think that as human beings, storytelling, you know, whether it be at the campfire, at the dinner table, has always innately been a part of who we are. And I do believe that we all have the space, we all deserve the space to be able to share our stories, our insights, our dreams, and our missions with the world. And so if you're one of these people and you've thought about this, like, I want to tell my story. I want to be able to start this movement, have this conversation, and you felt stuck, or you just want to figure out how to go to the next level in that, I I suggest that you listen to this episode because Blair and I are going to go deep in that. Before we get into it, I want to, of course, take a moment and read a review. And so this review is from Angie H titled love this podcast. Absolutely love Michael's honesty, powerful conversations and drive to help others. It's both educational and inspiring. We need more people like him. Well, I need more people like you and like all of you amazing unbroken nation listeners who bring me so much joy by listening to this show, contributing, sharing, liking, commenting, all the things. I also wanted to let you know, if you go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, At the bottom of the screen, there is a little button where you can hit record and with your phone or your computer, you can record a question for the show or leave a memo or send me some love or whatever it is that you might feel called to do. So if you go to thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, click the little button at the bottom, you can do that. And as I move forward, one of the things I want to do is share some of those insights that you have with the audience here. On the think unbroken podcast so everyone thank you so much for listening unbroken nation it means the world to me and without further ado let's get into the show hey what's up unbroken nation welcome to the think unbroken podcast i'm your host michael unbroken and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past overcome their fear discover their identity become the hero of their own story and ultimately to be Dot thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one best selling book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself, and that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world, my friends. Super excited to be back with you here again for another episode of the Think Unbroken podcast with my great friend, Blair Bryant Nichols. Blair, my friend, how are you? What is going on in your world?
1: I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. Just keeping busy, keeping, uh, keeping warm down here in Southern California and trying to enjoy every bit of this uh, summer that we're actually having.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know, and it's nice we actually can start to have a little bit of normality back to our lives after the last—I don't know—it's almost two years now. But either <laughs> way, I think people have heard enough about that. We won't dive into that. Um, so you and I connected a couple of months ago after I had um, one Grant Cardone's pitch off through our con- mutual connection of uh, Pete Vargas, and you know, I, I've got to know a little bit about your journey and your story and and what you're trying to do and create in the world, and and I thought to myself. This is a person who has made a decision to create change, and that's something very difficult to do in the world, especially in consideration where it's very simple to stay within the framework of the nomenclature of this is how it is. So we're not going to do anything. And I'm adamant about creating change. It's the only thing that drives me. Mm -hmm. Before we get into that and we dive deep, tell everybody a little bit about you, your journey, your story and and how we kind of cross paths.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we cross paths because I also co-host a podcast called Inside the Green Room, and we love speaking to speakers who are really leveraging speaking opportunities and stages to grow their business and share their message and make change in the world. And we also talk to event professionals. And it's just, it's exciting to talk to people in this time and see, you know, all the innovative things that people are doing and all the amazing, inspiring people who are really getting out there and using their voice For good and also just to, you know, grow their own business and kind of go against the traditional nine to five. So, you know, my journey started when I left college and I wanted to get in the publishing world and I landed in the HarperCollins Speakers Bureau, which was kind of a hybrid of what I thought I wanted to be as a publicist and an agent. And uh, I learned all about this crazy world of speaking where people were actually getting paid to go out and uh, speak to universities and libraries. And now it just feels like the whole industry has exploded because at the time, you know, we're still sending DVDs and just starting getting kind of video clips up on websites and leveraging all of the uh, (laughs) benefits of social media that now anyone can really get themselves out there as a speaker more. But I started in the the world of authors getting them out there speaking the publishers obviously wanted to get more books out into the world and so i got to really see you know the wide variety of books and and people that were getting published and getting their voices out there and starting to see you know what diversity was uh actually represented in those books and in those speakers and i always just found myself gravitating towards people who were different you know i i I grew up gay in a Catholic school and, you know, other than than that, I'm a white male, so I didn't have a ton of, you know, diversity in my background. I didn't have a I had a lot of privilege. Um, but I always gravitated towards people even when I was growing up that, you know, were sitting alone at the lunch table or, or who were not as popular as everyone else because I felt safe and I felt like, you know, I I wanted to extend kindness and friendship to those people. So that's always who I kind of was drawn to growing up and and who I decided I really wanted to champion as an adult and as a professional. So throughout my career, I moved around to different agencies, worked for different thought leaders, authors, got to really work on all sides of the business, got my MBA at UCLA in entertainment management. And throughout that, kept kind of questioning what I wanted to do. Do I want to go... The corporate route of talent management and be like a hr uh, you know professional something like that um and every time i kind of lingered in that direction i you know my heart and my gut kept saying no you know your goal is really to work with talent that inspires you that feels like friends that feels like family people that you want to spend you know, birthdays and anniversaries with and really just get to do everything for them because you believe so much in what their message messages, their potential, and be able to help them grow beyond even speaking and publishing in all different areas of media, entertainment, et cetera, and help them really grow their business expansively. So the idea of being a manager kind of kept coming back to me, uh, but having a background in speaking you know i have continued to serve roles within agencies to really help different types of speakers Um, and now i really get to work with a wide variety of speakers who are leveraging stages to grow their business and getting their message out there whether they're just getting started or they've been in this for a long time i get to do that and i get to also manage some amazing diverse clients uh as a manager from my own management firm and really help them grow beyond you know the platform that they've already established the business that they have and can figure out new revenue channels new opportunities to get their message and voice out there so that's kind of when you and i collided and i felt like this guy is doing amazing work he's got such an amazing story and you know would love to just continue to help champion you and uh you know more people like you
0: well thank you and and i appreciate that and and you know that that is mimicked as well from this side one of the things that i'm constantly thinking about is this idea of how do you really truly step into and honor your intuition and move towards creating the life that you want to have Despite or sometimes even in spite of what people say is capable, what people say is possible, of being the outsider looking in, wanting to create change and, and feeling so vehemently driven to do so. And then being at this precipice or, or did I say crux of having to make a choice that effectively blows up your life in a lot of different ways, but you believe in it so much that you're willing to trudge through whatever is right there in front of you. And, and I hear that as a big part of your story. In your journey to this moment, what's it been like for you to tap further and deeper into your intuition and and trust in yourself?
1: Yeah. And I'm I, you know, I love this question because just even what you were just sharing right there, you know, had me thinking that it is, it's about sometimes it's about trusting your intuition, but also being honest with yourself about what you're willing to compromise. So a lot of times throughout my career, you know, I had opportunities to work with people that I wasn't as aligned with. And maybe when I was earlier in my career, I kind of felt like it came with the territory. And as I've gotten older, I've just gotten more obstinate in not really wanting to, you know, help elevate voices or messages or or individuals who don't align with my values or don't align with, you know, what I think is really needed in the world or what i'm passionate about whether or not it's needed is not always up for me to judge um but your question about following your intuition and passion i think you know, even if even throughout business call, business school, when I had that, you know, calling like you moved to LA to be a manager to do this thing, and when I first moved to LA, it was because I had gotten a job, I'd, I was working for a thought leader, I was helping run his business, and his speaking engagements were really business development for us. Um, and but all along, I said, you know, but you want to be a manager, so we're here. I was already about 5 6 years into my career and I'd done pretty well in New York and so I met with managers and I went and you know got the the Hollywood treatment of uh sitting down and getting people to do coffee or lunch with me and each time I did they said yeah you know you've got good experience but if you want to do this you'd have to start over as an assistant and you know we pay 30 grand a year or you can do an internship or you can do these things and at the time, I don't know if it was hubris or ego or anything else, but I was just like, I'm just not willing. I'm not willing to give up my my you know st- steady salary and almost six figure job, you know right now to go back to what I did already in New York. I was an assistant in publishing. I made thirty grand. I you know <laughs> I paid the rent and lived paycheck to paycheck. I kind of feel like I'm going to keep building what I'm building, and I'm going to figure out how I can at least move laterally over more and more and kind of like inch my way towards what I really wanna do. And um, instead of just deciding at this moment to, like you said, kind of blow it up and start all over. And so I think those are always the choices we have to make. Are you ready to really sacrifice everything? And maybe you are, maybe you have that level of confidence or security, or you've got, you know, uh, you've made it up in your mind that it's, you're not gonna be happy unless you pursue it in this way. Or you figure out a different path, a path that starts to lean, starts to lean towards what you really want to be doing. And so that's what I did. I pursued my MBA knowing that, you know, it would at least give me maybe even some more internal confidence that I know what I'm doing and that I can actually add value uh, to the relationships I wanted to build with clients beyond, you know, what I already had had done in my career. Um, and it did, it really made me feel like, okay, now I have a little bit more to build on. And I just kept taking that next step, taking a job that, you know, still allowed me to get exposure to the world that I, you know, knew a lot about and continue to just move towards the security of your own business and everything else.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I love that. And one of the things that you mentioned was was values. I actually wrote it down because it's such an important reminder, you know, because it's alignment. Right. And, and I think often when people are stepping into the unknown, fear can be even more precedent if you're not certain. And you used a word in this as well. Certainty. And, and in that, you, you step into this thing about trusting yourself and about believing in yourself. And, and I know as an entrepreneur myself and trying to build things, there's always these moments of the limiting self-beliefs and the negative self-talk and the, the thing in your head that says, are you crazy? You're gonna walk away from all these things to try to build your dream, how dare you? How do you navigate that? Like Like as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as someone trying to create an impact change on the world, how do you be louder than the voice that tells you you can't, shouldn't, don't, or won't?
1: Yeah, I mean, in my case, it was it was about aligning with clients that kind of helped build me up. You know, I, I really have gravitated to clients who have been very complimentary, have been very generous, have been, you know, very, uh, you know, engaged with me and have actually helped me, like, realize, you know, what what I'm capable of and what like value I've brought to them. So I've almost kind of, you know, unfortunately relied on the reflection of the people that I've served and, and what they have shared with me on the impact that I've made in their business or in their lives and the relationship that we've built that has started to make me feel like, okay, this is why I want to you know, continue these types of relationships because it's not just, Oh, they're validating and gratifying, but they, there's a mutual respect. There's a partnership. Uh, there's, you know, a shared language that makes me feel confident. I can, I can be honest, I can be candid and that we're both accountable to each other and getting things done. You know, the role of a manager in my mind is to be a strategist and to keep nudging and helping encourage someone's creative dreams, but also to be the one that's kicking them in the butt as much as they are kicking you in the butt to say, Hey, this is like they say to me, you know, this is my dream. This is what I want to have happen. Like help me. You know, so that mutual accountability and respect for each other, I think, drives both of us forward. And that's what's helped me kind of quiet those inner saboteurs or the critics that think like, who are you? You're you're a nobody. Like, look at all these other really amazing managers and agents. And, you know, especially in L.A., you're surrounded by, uh, you know, enough people that you can easily feel inferior but I know to the few clients that I work with or the uh, the many, hopefully, authors and speakers that I've worked with over the years that I hopefully have made an impact. I have made a difference in in the success of their book or the, you know, getting out there as a speaker for the very first time or building something beyond what I could have imagine myself doing a long time ago and then so every once in a while i have to kind of hopefully reflect on how far i've come and what i and how i'm unique in this industry and not just another person that they could easily replace and so i do try uh to use all that <laughs> to help fuel and you know i think the biggest thing is just working on yourself and even if it doesn't relate to your to your job i mean i know all of the things that the practices that you have. I also meditate and work out in the mornings now. And I never thought I would be the person doing either of those things. Uh, And, you know, went vegetarian and just all the things that I do to try to take care of myself in different ways, I, you know, think has also really helped me in a, in an emotional and a mental way. Uh, because it just helps if you feel good, (laughs) you're going to, you're going to work better. You're going to, you're going to find, uh, you know, more joy, more confidence in what you're doing. And the stress that used to really sideline me and force me to self-medicate with weed and alcohol for years and years and years, uh, has dissipated. It's, you know, I've, I've got enough perspective now to say, yeah, you know, that's, someone's upset. Someone's, you know once different results, this or that, okay, you know, we go to work to solve them. But I let anxiety and stress and, you know, kind of crazy bosses that I had really run me ragged for a long time. And I've, you know, been working on walking out of that and and really just owning what I want my experience of my career to be by being intentional about the people that I choose to work with.
0: Yeah, and I I love that you mentioned that it's not as simple as just doing the things for your job or for your business. And I found just by doing the work for me first by proxy, that impacts everything in my life. Mm -hmm. But much like you, like I I can rewind to a time 10, 12 years ago where I think personal development, self-help. These guys are full of shit. Like this is nonsense. I'm never going to do any of this. And now it's like it's almost the only thing that I do, because one of the things I recognized was, um, If I'm the smartest person in the room, like I am in the wrong room and I just kept like trying to push myself more and more and more. One of the things that I found to be so incredibly beneficial and and you kind of hearkened into it, but I want to go a little bit deeper was being surrounded by the right people in alignment and with my values and and who it is that I want to be and what I want to build and become talk to me about the power of community in your life and how that impacts you not only as an individual but as a business owner an entrepreneur, and entrepreneur and as a human being what, what is the power of community like for you
1: yeah um well you know I, I, I struggle to think about a lot of communities that I really do feel like I'm, I'm an active part of. I've been part of this Speakers Bureau kind of Speakers Agency world. I've got a lot of connections within that. And that's been really amazing because a lot of us move around and then I continue to see the same faces and people. And it's great to feel like, you know, you've got a history, you've got rapport with a lot of different people that are passionate about what you're passionate about and are doing that and now can support you in a different way. And so that's been really amazing, you know, as you change jobs and move other places, the people who reach out and the people who kind of lift you up and, and, and encourage you and are been excited about your your next venture and all of that. Um, but also coming out of business school, I've I've taken on the responsibility of leading our LGBT alumni group for, um, for Anderson, um, and that's that's always been a little bit of like kind of my my mission is getting involved in boards, getting involved in other, you know, nonprofit organizations that that serve the community and that help align people with different connections. You know, even before I was a manager and an agent, I loved helping people just connect to jobs. If I heard about someone hiring, I would be going through my mental Rolodex to figure out if there's someone that I thought might be a fit for that. I've helped I helped friends right out of college get their first job in New York and ultimately set them up for the rest of their careers. And I don't say that to brag, but just because it feels very exciting to me to be the one that can help align people with their creative dreams, with their things like that. So. I think about the different kind of communities that I can, I've come from with my undergrad alumni or my now my business school alumni and and then different friends and, and colleagues I've met along the way and always uh, am, am grateful to hear from previous people who've worked for me who still want me to be a reference like five, six, seven years later because they know that I'll pick up the call and actually, you know, speak kindly about them and encourage them on those next things. So I think all of those different communities along the way have um helped me help me connect and and you know get make connections uh, that have been meaningful to my career but also the joy of giving back and being able to help them has really probably been a lot more gratifying than anything they've ever done for me because I just have loved playing that role of connector and uh, being someone that hopefully people can come to when they're looking for their next gig or when they're asking for help with something. And um, I think it's just nice to be needed sometimes and to be the one that isn't looking for quid pro quo from it.
0: Yeah, I, I totally read right. I I look at the, the most vast change in my life coming when I was just like, I'm dedicating myself to service. I'm gonna put myself out there for the benefit of other people. And, and it was so powerful. One of the things I think often happen, and, and I know people listening or watching right now probably have this experience because I know I certainly did of just having this ideation of, I want to help, I want to show up, I want to be on the board, I want to lead the committee, I want to do all these things, and and on, honestly feeling paralyzed by the idea of even stepping into the room, right? They'll go, they'll sit down, they'll Google it, they'll find the date, the time, they'll write it down, they'll put it on their calendar and their phone, they'll look at it, and they won't show up. Mm-hmm. How How do you as someone who has done it has has stepped into the room who has walked into it has been on the board and the committees and and doing the things if you're a person in that position what advice do you offer them what kind of tangible something can you give them to help them step into that next thing
1: yeah well i think as an individual you need to think about you know what you know how how much time can you give and how much you know do you really want to spread yourself um, around because you have to still be intentional. You can't just be a joiner and join everything and then do nothing well. So I, you know, even <laughs> coming back to business school, like going to business school, it's, it's, it's a weird sort of like two to three years where you have to join clubs. You really want to make connections. You've got to get involved in a way because you're investing all of this time and money in this degree. And it's a lot more than just the degree. It's the, it is the community. It is the network. Um, but I always would tell people, cause I, I, served as like head of our ambassador program and the people who'd come to interview and do tours and things like that. So I talked to a lot of prospective students and I would tell them, you know, you choose one social group, choose your industry group and choose your, you know, other, uh, you know, either affinity group, which is what we call like the, either the African-American or Latino or gay or whatever, you know, groups that matter to you and just focus on two or three. Like you really can't join every single club and group and this and that and expect to have meaningful impact or build lasting relationships. So I think the same thing as your adults in your career and you're getting involved in other things outside of it, be intentional and then just choose one thing that you can do to contribute. You don't have to be the president of the board if you um, you know don't wanna have all of that responsibility. But if there's one initiative that you can help you know, contribute towards um, one thing that you're passionate about, go after that one thing, that one organization, and really just, you know, do the most of, of what you can with that.
0: We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think unbroken trauma healing coaching program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive. It's built about giving you practical tools. That you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show.
1: Um, If you choose to be a leader, if you want to be someone that kind of owns the responsibility of a board or an organization or something, then it's all about building a team around you. You know, my first, when I was asked to kind of take over as like this new revamped, uh, you know, alumni association, you know, the first thing I had to do was build a board and um, you know, there's been amazing people who are on my board who always show up, who always, you know, play their part. And there's people who sometimes show up and then don't really play their part. And there's people who don't even show up. So you start to learn obviously who you can rely on and that's what I'm you know, wanting to kind of point out to people is if you volunteer and you don't show up, it's reflecting on you, you know, like that's another, you know, community that you are now not holding up your end of the agreement. And that's something that isn't a net positive to you or your life. So if you're not going to put the effort in, it's actually going to look worse than if you had never volunteered in the first place. So from my point of view, I just would recommend like, you know, just choose wisely and actually be all in if even if that means you're just doing some small piece of it, but at least show up for your piece of it, because otherwise it's just going to be a net negative to everything that you're doing and you're actually harming the relationships that you otherwise would be building. So I guess that would be (laughs) my advice, you know, or just my perspective on that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's very fair because you know, I, I think about it all the time. If you want to be involved in something, then be involved in it. Show up. Do it. Do the thing that you say you're going to do. Hold yourself accountable. It's a word that people don't want to hear. Like it's the truth about it. I'm I'm sorry, but if you want to create change in your world, you have to create change and ultimately that means showing up. That means doing the hard thing. And and sometimes that means when you put it on your calendar, getting your ass in your car, driving to the place and walking in the door. Because you never know, some, someone, someplace, something, some moment could change everything for you. One of the things that I, I know for certain from my own experience that many people have such a difficult time with is accepting the truth that their voice matters. And this sits with me often, like growing up, being a kid who was forced to be silent. For lack of a, like, like, actually, literally, forced to be silent, to step into a teen who didn't know how to use words other than anger, to in my twenties, like this weird juxtaposition of trying to use words to fit in, to then turning into like understanding how to use my words to empower people. But throughout that entire journey, trying to reconcile with myself that I mattered, that my voice mattered, that I could create and and and, and, and infect, create change in the world as someone who is with change makers constantly i know this holds true for so probably the vast majority of us if not 99.9 percent there's somebody listening right now where all they're ever thinking about is like i want to use my voice to make the world a better place but they're terrified of shame of judgment of ridicule of of self right how do you start to step into that how do you start to leverage the power that you that you have to start to use your voice in a way that matters?
1: Yeah, uh, it's a great question. And you know, I was actually just speaking with someone yesterday on our podcast who's a master facilitator. And we talked about how important it is to build more events and um, opportunities that actually engage the audience, that doesn't just make the audience passive listeners, it really actually gets them active and it encourages them all to share their voice and to be a part of creating the future together, creating solutions, um, uncovering answers, you know, so I do really feel so strongly about every voice really mattering that it's not just, you know, the leaders at the top of an organization or a group, it's everyone that has a perspective and collectively it all creates you know, really amazing effects when everyone is engaged, when everyone is contributing. But I, but, you know, even as much speaking as I've done and as many speakers as I've worked with, I think we all still get that, you know, um, heightened, you know, adrenaline and your heart racing when you raise your hand in a meeting or in a classroom or anywhere to even answer a question, you know, but it takes practice. So what I would say is, you know, overcoming the fear of being rejected or being judged by whatever you're going to share in any context where for the first time you might be raising your hand and standing up and, and sharing that, but there will be someone in that room that will be so grateful For what you shared because it might have been the same thing on their mind or in their heart and there's going to be other people in the room who will be enlightened by what you have to share there might be people who because of what's going on in their heart and mind might judge you but that doesn't matter i just want you to know that it doesn't matter if someone judges you for what you believe or what you want to share, because there's always going to be a greater number of people who will benefit from it. And I hope that it's a space that has been created and who's ever leading a discussion or who's ever in somehow, you know, has some sort of leadership within that organization or community recognizes the value of what you shared and that will incorporate and inform you know, what happens next. So I would just encourage anyone, whether it's writing that first Facebook post or creating a blog and sharing things that you thought you'd never be able to share, you'll be surprised by, you know, who comes out of the woodwork in a positive way and says how meaningful it is to them to see that. And you have no idea how many lives you may change and help and, you know, by, by doing that too many of us really hide behind, you know, what we want people to see, what we want people to know about us or what we think that they want to see from us or to express who, you know, we think they want us to be that it doesn't ever help anyone. It, people can see through kind of inauthenticity. We, you know that for yourself, you can see through when someone is not, Authentic. So being authentic in any context on any platform is so important because it is what creates change and it is what leads to bigger, broader conversations. And it's what really helps. And some people will never tell you. You'll never know how many people that you've helped.
0: Yeah. And that's really potent. Like that's for real. You know, I I think from a measurable standpoint, you don't know who's watching. You never know who read that blog or that email newsletter or that listen to that podcast, right? And and the other thing about it is, I think about you know we all start at at zero. We all start at no one listening, no one watching. I did. I hosted events and two people would show up. The first podcast had one listen. The first blog had no views. And you know, and momentum creates this thing. And along the line, there were and are naysayers. Uh, Blair, I get canceled every day. Like every day somebody sends me a message. Every, I have a folder full. I'm going to share them in a book one day. But, mm-hmm. but the truth is it doesn't stop me. But so many people are paralyzed by that fear because they're worried about, well, what if my parents see it? What if my partner sees it? What if the guy who happens to get in the elevator at the same time as me once a month reads it? Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that part of the fear? The fear of like, the, the, it's, it's a little bit closer than social media. It's actually people in your neighborhood, your community on your block.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is, is just kind of deciding for yourself. It's back to like trusting your intuition and weighing what you're willing to compromise. Are you willing to compromise the benefits and positive effects that you can have on others around you? Because it might make, you know, a a smaller number of people uncomfortable. Are you willing to sacrifice some aspect of your privacy, or your, you know, personal journey or struggles so that other people won't look at you in a different way when you could be helping an immense other amount of people. And it should come down to who is most important because what I've experienced and what I've heard most is the people who are going to, pay attention and listen to you first or probably the people who are closest in your life. So yes, it may cause some challenges with friends and family, but it's also going to have a huge impact on them. And they're going to have a richer understanding of you. They're going to have a completely open they don't they might not even realize the harm that they caused if they're related to what you're sharing they may not even realize what they have done to contribute to the challenges you have faced and it's going to cause them to speak and act and think differently which is going to create that ripple effect of change with everyone else that they come across so i it sounds easy i know it's just like just get over it But for me, I guess in a rational sense, being a very pragmatic, rational person, I'd like to think you you weigh the pros and cons. And to me, there's always gonna be more pros. There's always gonna be more people that you can help. And the people who are naysayers or the ones that wanna cancel you or the ones who wanna detract from what you've shared, they also probably need to hear that message and they are not going to harm you. You know, we have to get over this feeling of like commentary and like negative comments affecting us. Like we almost have to build that thick skin to say if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to use your voice, it comes it comes at a price. But the the opportunity is to, you know, uh, just deflect any of that and, you know, put your armor on and say, you know, I'm 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 stronger you know by doing this then i am hiding
0: i love it i literally got goosebumps i wish you could see this right now because it's so true and for lack of a better term i wish i had a better way to phrase this i truly do but i don't whenever you change the world there will be collateral damage that is the nature of it i wish that weren't the case and there will be people who don't like you people who tell you to shut up people who throw rocks through your window that is how this works but i often think about this this old this old proverb you might have heard of it Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And, and I think you're so right. You have to build up that armor. You have to build up that part of you that allows yourself to go and stand and mean something to the world. Because I often think for myself, the 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 biggest fear that I have in my life is the, the potential to have regrets on my deathbed. And, and I cannot imagine that. And I would much rather have the naysayers throw rocks than to sit and wonder if I could have helped that person. And, and, and maybe a little bit of it is, is, um, is ego driven. Maybe it's a little selfish. Maybe it is, but you know, and, and this leads to my question, what I'm very curious about from your thought is I feel a moral obligation. And I think that if you feel an a moral obligation, it is your responsibility to step into that. Do you agree with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if it aligns with you as a moral obligation, then, you know, absolutely. Because then it just becomes part of your purpose, and, you know, if you have the experience uh, like you had growing up or like I had growing up to whatever degree, there's other people, especially young people who are growing up and experiencing those very same things that are looking to adults, to, you know, to champions, to role models, to get some sense of uh, hope. And you're robbing them of that if you aren't the person that they may encounter in their life that's going to provide that for them. You know, like I said, you just have no idea who you're impacting and you might be impacting their friends or their family or people around them that then it trickles down. So, yeah, I guess for me, it it comes from a sense of service and it does come from a sense of, of moral obligation. But, you know, it's okay if it also comes from a sense of wanting to have some significance. You know, we all want to have some sort of impact on the world. We all don't want to pass away and feel like we're going to be immediately forgotten. You know, some people might have a heightened sense of that than others. uh, But what better thing to leave behind than making other people's lives better than just your own personal pursuit of success and wealth and happiness um, that might occupy the minds and hearts of others
0: yeah that's really beautiful and i I love what you mentioned about there there might be a kid there might be a child there might be a teenager who picks up that book or listens to that podcast or hears that song or looks at that piece of art and says this is what i needed i mean i i recall you know being a kid and being a teenager being the outsider looking in being this weirdo like diving deeply into media like across the board film and music and and audio and trying to submerge myself within what i wanted so i could feel like a part of something and to not share that you're removing the community that you could build and we've talked about community a couple times here today but it's it's so true it's so impactful and and your voice does matter and you are important but if you don't believe that first no one else is going to and i believe that the only way you can start to do that is through the momentum of doing it enough that it starts to feel true. Cause it's gonna be uncomfortable at first, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be difficult at first, but eventually, on a long enough timeline, it becomes who you are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas as you think about this and as we dive in this conversation, what is the impact that you're hoping to leave on the world?
1: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, it, you know, what you just shared reminded me, it is the kind of the message I have shared a lot throughout my adult life is like, why? Why publishing? Why work in media and entertainment like that? Just I think a lot of people assume it's so shallow. It's so like superficial to, you know, want to work in television and movies and books and all these other things that can feel very esoteric. But for me and I have had the opportunity to travel around the world and I've thought a lot about, you know, what really influenced me growing up especially as a gay teen like movies and tv as things started to emerge and representation started to pick up it did make a massive difference in my life and i think about even like cosmopolitan magazine which is you know in hundreds of countries and has changed the lives of women that there was taboo to even have conversations about different things and how they were treated. And there's so many examples. Uh, I always like to say America's best export is is our media and entertainment and arts and culture. And a lot of countries, you know, produce a lot of amazing art and culture that's influencing other people. We're not exclusive to that, but I'd like to think it's our finest export because it has changed laws and rules and the lives of people all over the world. Um, because they don't see that same representation in their culture, or they don't have, you know, a society of mores that supports their individuality or their experience. So I want to be a part of always creating art, creating, uh, you know, messages, platforms, whatever you want to call it, that have some sort of impact, because they are making significant change somewhere, if not down the street, than maybe around the world. But the people that I find myself drawn to often have that same mission. They often have, you know, a desire to see diversity in their uh, their art. They have a desire to see greater understanding and uh, greater support for, uh, you know, countries that aren't as well developed. And how do we actually? you know, eradicate war and, you know, autocracy and whatever else, like, well, we, we support the people who are under, you know, that oppressive culture or government and give them economic opportunity. That's one, that's one area that one of my clients has really focused on. And I, I just love meeting people that, you know, have even gone further and are, you know, visionaries in their own right, and just how I can support them and how I can add, structure or support to what they're doing, um, really is my calling and, you know, more and more it's sharing my own story. You know, I think we all have in you know, an imperative to share our own story. And for me, my great life work will be, uh, sharing my stories and in whatever medium that, you know, provides for that and hoping that they make this same sort of change we're talking about. Cause whether it's, a big best-selling book that would be obviously the dream, or just uh, you know a few hundred people read it. I know, even having been a writer in college and in my in my young adulthood, just getting even a few messages like you get every day from people who have found solace and something from what you've shared as probably the most gratifying feeling that you know I've ever experienced, even more than from the clients and the people who I've actually helped earn a lot of money.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's so beautiful. And, and I agree with you. And the only way that person is going to read that is if you do it. And you're gonna like, and the truth is like, about being an artist, I, I do consider myself to be an artist as a creator, as a podcaster, as a writer, as a speaker, like at the crux of who I am, I am an artist but I've done a lot of really bad work (laughs) before you ever see the good work. And you got to put out the bad work. You have to make that stuff out there. And that's, and that's where you step into the vulnerability with yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to just try, I'm going to see what happens. There's no guarantee because nobody's going to listen to it. Nobody's going to like it. Nobody's going to resonate with it. And then one day eventually they will. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, It's all worth it. It's worth nobody reading it. No one coming to the events. No one signing up because on a long enough timeline, as you turn the bad work into good work, people will resonate with it. But if you don't make the bad, they're never going to find you. Blair, I I love this conversation. I could literally talk to you about this all day, and I think we're just getting into it. Um, But can you tell everybody where they can find you before I ask you my last question?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram, Blair Bryant Nichols. Instagram is just Blair Bryant underscore Nichols. Feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to chat. I love, you know, talking to people, whether you're a speaker or a business owner or whatever. And, you know, if I can share any insights or help steer you in, in a direction that may be impactful to your life, then I'm, I'm more than happy to take the time to do that. So reach out to me on those platforms.
0: Amazing! Thank you so much for offering yourself to be of service to everyone. And and my last question for you, my friend, is: What does it mean to you to be unbroken?
1: Hmm. Wow. Um, to me, it means, you know, taking everything that I've experienced in my life and choosing to treat it all as a really valuable lesson and opportunity to. Create the change that we're talking about. Not to feel like a victim, not to feel like someone whose life is always going to be adversely affected by what we experienced or what discrimination we faced or the bad bosses that we had, but to say, wow, that experience, that time in my life has been so valuable in informing how I want my life to be experienced how i want my professional time to be spent and what impact i want to make that i can help others maybe avoid you know some of those experiences or understand that if they've done been through that as well that they can come out on the other side and be stronger and be better and not feel broken
0: i love it and i could not agree with you more we are definitely in synchronicity there my friend Thank you so much. And everyone, please reach out to Blair. He's an amazing human being. Thank you all, Unbroken Nation, for watching, listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thanks so much. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review rate, and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did, because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that, Unbroken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.
1: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.